Hey, what's up? This is Norm Adams, and you're listening to the Ultimate Underground Experience with Uncle Earl on KLED Live. How you doing? This is Uncle Earl, your host, Captain and DJ of the Underground Experience here in sunny California. How you doing today? It is beautiful. Life is beautiful. I feel great. And there is so much greatness in the air. You know, since that Mayan calendar has ended, I feel like a weight has been lifted off our shoulders. And here we are on a new page. And uh, with the new page comes knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I have a very special guest here today. She is the definition of sophistication, which comes in the embodiment of 
the talented and Miss Rita She's a singer whose 1970 super hit record Band of Gold brought her international prominence. This mega hit song, together with her innumerable chart-bursting records, has frequented the airwaves over the past three decades and, without doubt, will continue to do so for many decades to come. And I want her to say hello to y'all. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you, Lacey? I'm doing very well. Or should I, should I say Uncle Earl? That would suit me just fine. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I have to make one correction, although that was a very eloquent Uh-oh. introduction. Okay. It's uh, Band of Gold came, was, became a number one hit mm-hmm. in 1970. So I think it's more than three it's decades. It's more than three decades. <laughs> yes, it is. As, as, as we were discussing before the yes. show started, time flies time and we flies. are getting up there. Time honey. is flying while we're talking right Not now. Right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you know, I just want the listeners to know, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to know you and have worked with you. And I'm very proud you know. to say the same thing about you because when I first worked with you, you were still a teenager. I was still a teenager, yeah. but we met before that when I was a little, little, little bump on the wall when yeah. you worked with my mom. I know Sandra you know, Phillips back in the day. Wonderful, wonderful, very talented <laughs> Sandra Phillips, your mom. Yeah. she's great. And that show was Daddy Goodness. Daddy, mm. yeah, Daddy Goodness with Clifton Davis. Clifton Davis, Rod, was it Rod Perry? Oh, whatever happened to him? Yeah. Uh, Clifton Davis and uh, Ted Ross. Yeah, he's passed a, on. He was yeah. the original. He played uh, the, the lion the in the original Broadway uh, version of The Wiz. Yes, yes. Yeah, with Stephanie Mills, mm-hmm. and also uh, he was in that movie. One of those movies with D- Dudley. Uh, what's that? The actor. He's passed on. Uh, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I Trading think, Places oh, or something. Yeah, he played something, the yeah. the chauffeur. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and he was he was the star. He was he had he played Daddy Goodness. He had the mm-hmm, lead role, mm-hmm. and um, that, that was, was so exciting. I and that was in seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. I loved that show. Yeah, I did. So and did you I. You were great. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad I joined. I'm so glad I joined. I'm so glad I joined. Unhooked generation. Hey, I just picked the habit. So much we can cover. I know. Let's. What do we want to go back let's, to? Yeah, uh, let's take a trip. Okay, let's Shall go we? back to where I came from yes, and all that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, yes. I was born and raised in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a city. I, uh, I I came along during the time when Detroit was a thriving metropolis, mm-hmm. and uh, the motor the uh, the Motor City itself it was before it was called ever called Motown. It was the Motor City. Mm-hmm. And uh, matter of fact, I think that's where Motown, the, the record label Motown, founded by Barry Gordon Jr., I think that had something to do with how they formulated or got their name, was Motown, like Motor City. Yes, so. yes. But um, um, I was a protege of Barry Gordy Jr.'s when I was like about 14 years old, and it was, I was his first female protege. So was that Hitsville when it was Hitsville? That was even just prior, that was around the Hitsville time. Okay. 
and uh, it was at that time it was me and Mary Wells. Mm. She was, you know, she we were like in the same age group and mm-hmm, everything. And, mm-hmm. and then Smokey, I remember Smokey, and you know, Barry introducing me to Smokey Robinson and Claudette mm. over at that house on Gladstone. <laughs> and this is before they even had a hit record, I believe. Wow. Wow. The Miracles. Mm, um, mm. I never signed with Motown, but I was always, you know, I was always, uh, I went on to New York mm-hmm. at the age of 18. Okay. And I went on to New York and I got my first, I landed my first record deal with ABC Paramount mm. when I was 19. Look and I got my first recording, I had my first album was on the jazz subsidiary of ABC Paramount, which was called Impulse. Mm, mm-hmm. And uh, then I went on. But even before that time, go back again, mm-hmm. I did my, my past history was um, singing with big bands, even from the age of, of 15. Really? Oh, so jazz was, is your base. Oh, yeah, that jazz is, is really my base because I was mm-hmm. singing on the radio from the time I was 13 till mm-hmm. I was 16. Mm-hmm. I was, sing- I was in, a, in a, uh, a show called Make Way for Youth. Okay. It was called Don Large's Make Way for Youth, and it was on station WJR. Uh-huh. Uh, that was at, uh, in the penthouse at uh, inside the Fisher Building, which was right directly uh. across the street from General Motors, General Motors Building. Those were like big yeah. statuesque. I remember um, the Fisher Building. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, I, as a matter of fact, sophisticated ladies played the Fisher, Fisher Building years later. Yes. Uh, it was 1985, mm-hmm. and uh, we were, I was, I was, uh, one of the, I was on one of those uh, what do you call bus and truck or national yeah, tours. Yeah, we were together. <laughs> yeah, right. With you. <laughs> we were there. Yes, we ain't even gotten to that history yet. And, and this was in 1985, yes. and we it was one of those tours that lasted about almost a year. Yes. And it, we I went all now. over the country. <laughs> all over. All over. And Detroit That's was one of our. Story. One that of bus. Our, you remember that bus? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh my God! It was one Through of my the pit rain, stops. hail, sleet, oh, yes. storms, and uh huh. Wow! And uh, <laughs> it was something, you know. It was, but anyway, I've, my I uh, I got a chance to sing with with uh, meet Mr. Duke Ellington when I was seventeen. Mm. I got a chance to sing with his big band. I didn't know that. Yes, I, I sang with Duke Ellington's big band. Duke Ellington wanted me wanted to sign me up to be his band singer, so he sent a contract, mailed a contract to my house uh, for my mother to consider, and it was for ten years. Ooh. And so after you know going over the contract mm-hmm. and showing it to our our attorney and mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to change some things, and he didn't want to change anything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, we that that was never uh, that that was never fulfilled. I mm-hmm. never really got a chance to actually just you know be the band singer. And I want I want to touch basis. on that for a minute. Okay. That was a very poignant point you made, that your parents, and your attorney, helped you. Because today, a lot of kids don't have that, and they just sign these papers and sign their lives away, and they don't know what they're getting into. No, they're kind of. It's almost like they become slaves. Yeah. In, in a way, it's almost like indentured slavery, where they're working for these people who are managing them, mm-hmm. and managing uh, their and money, their ma- and then the money <laughs> that because of their talent, the money is coming in, mm-hmm. and it works both ways. You know, the people who are managing you sometimes they have to put out some money in order yeah. to get you off the ground. True. And then they eventually, if it works out, they get their their investment back mm-hmm. plus some. Mm-hmm. But what it leaves you, I mean, it leaves you so of like like uh you have the shorter end of the stick Mm -hmm. now what changes nowadays what i see in these new acts today Mm. is that they have their books out now that weren't uh available back then or weren't even on the shelves Mm -hmm. and the internet entertainers to read Mm -hmm. about publishing copywriting Mm -hmm. the music industry Mm -hmm. um and and it, it kind of educates you as to like what you should do in order to really make money in the music industry. Yes, because it is a uh, business. They forget that part business. about it. So nowadays, yeah. uh, like the rappers and the singers who write their own material, they know to have their get their own publishing, mm-hmm. uh, get their own publishing company. You know, make sure that that they get paid more than just being an artist. They yes. get paid being. Um, Writer, uh, songwriter, you know, royalties mm-hmm. and, and artist mm-hmm. royalties, and in some cases even producing, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 wow. Well, let's, let's, let's take a little break right now and let the audience chew on that fat for a minute. All okay, right. that's a lot to take in. Okay. All right, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the wonderful and talented Miss Frida Payne. We'll be right back, right after this break, okay? Hang in the night here. Yeah. You say that life. 
Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Zaya. Once again, making sure you're tuned in to Uncle Earl and the Underground Experience. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? I said, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. We are back with Miss Rita Payne. And um, I'd love to get a little bit of history. I want to know how was little Rita Payne back in the day? Growing well, up as a girl. Little Frida Payne. <laughs> little Frida Payne. I was very shy. I was painfully shy. Mm. However, I was a tomboy, so I was kind of tough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have any, I didn't recognize or know that I had any t- particular talent until I was 12. However, my mother uh, just took me one day and said, I'm taking you to take piano lessons. Mm. And I was about, I think I must have been about six, five or six or seven years mm-hmm, old. Mm-hmm. And she took me down to the Detroit Conservatory of Musical Arts in Detroit. Okay. And um, enrolled me to take piano lessons. And I took piano lessons there for about a year. And then my mother was finding it a little, you know, because back then, you know, people, people, you know, people were poor. Yeah, yeah. And, and some heard people say, no, we were poor. <laughs> right. well, I don't. I won't say we were poor, but we were poor. You know, I mean, we weren't like. Yeah. So anyway, uh, my mother decided that, and rather than pay that all that money, but and it was hard back then. It was compared to now, that was nothing. You know, it was mm. like, it was just a few bucks. But it was still. But a lot. she'd rather. Ha- she, I think she met. She found heard about a lady who comes to the house. And she gives piano lessons mm. at your home. She'll mm. come to your home mm-hmm. privately, which mm. was nice. Yeah. Her name was Ruth Ann Johnson. And um, so my my mother started having Ruth Ann, this lady come to our house to, to give me piano lessons, as well as my sister Sherry. Sherry, yes. Uh, Sherry's yes. just a year and a half. Uh, uh, she's my junior. Mm-hmm. And so we started taking piano lessons together. You mm. know, she would come and, you know, give me my I think it's a half an hour and then Sherry half an hour mm-hmm. and uh, it was once a week and I took piano lessons from her until I was like 12 now mm. what happened was how I, I didn't even know I could sing but she, however Sherry did hmm. uh, I could I mean everybody can sing but it depends upon how well you well, sing right and Sherry and I used to <laughs> sing together like when we were little kids, uh-huh. you know, for our uncles or okay. something, you know, People like Uncle and Aunt or something like that, <laughs> and we would, but we would, we would sing like like a duet together, mm. like uh, sincerely, you know, mm. oh yes, it, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and but I would never sing by myself for anybody mm. because I was so shy, wow. and and my mother once my mother said free to sing Ave Maria because I had learned it in school taking chorus. And and uh, I said no. Song. I said turn around <laughs> and don't look at me. And then she did. And then I went behind the door and I sang it. <laughs> so what happened was when I was, t- t- by the time I was twelve, uh, my piano teacher uh, Ruth Johnson she said Frida for our next because every year there was a recital, mm-hmm. a piano recital, mm-hmm. and uh, we all had a piece to do. She said this year, aside from doing our our piano recital and you playing a piece, yes. I'm going to have an ensemble of six students singing a song called June is Bursting Out All Over. Oh, okay. And I want to <laughs> test your voice to see if you can sing well enough to be in the ensemble. <laughs> so she started <laughs> testing my voice and she said, Frida, you have a lovely voice. I didn't know you could sing. I always thought it was just Sherry, because Sherry was the gregarious one. Mm. Sherry was the outgoing yes, one, the yes. you know perky and yes. and yes. you know you were just laying in the yeah. cut. <laughs> and I was just real shy. And so she said, Frida, I want you to sing a solo at the recital. Wow. And she didn't even ha- ask Sherry to sing a solo. <laughs> and she said, I want you to sing a solo. So I did, and. After the after the recital was over, my mother's friends all mm-hmm. came up, and they were amazed. They said, "Oh, we didn't know Frida could sing. We thought it was just Sherry." Like, <laughs> and we were just, "Oh, we want Frida. Oh, can Frida sing at our next banquet or our next tea? You know, uh-huh. stuff like that." Feeling down Cause he wants me to 
on and your then way. what happened was I did that, and then I started to enter talent contests. So you started feeling it. I started feeling like maybe I should test this stuff in the waters and see how far I can push this. Mm. You know? <laughs> so I started entering talent contests. Mm. And I was win- and I would win. I would win. If I didn't win the first place, I'd win second place. Mm-hmm. And and then I start feeling more courageous about a better a better about myself. Yeah. And then finally, I think I had um, uh, some other people that were professional professional singer listen to me, and mm-hmm. and they said, you know what, you got possibilities. You can maybe you know like you should consider con- you know pursuing this. Hmm. So I entered a talent contest that was. Uh, on television in Detroit and it was called Ed McKenzie's Dance Hour and it was comparable to American Bandstand okay. Dick Clark yeah. only it was Detroit's yes. local show Yes. and what they did was the format was they would have these kid, the kids, teenagers dancing to mm-hmm. the, you know, whatever the latest hit records were Yes. and they had, they also featured a talent contest as a part of it, Yeah. you know uh-huh. and they'd only had four acts and they'd have the four acts and you win a little trophy and a record player. <laughs> and also they would they would feature a guest artist, whoever was the headliner of the of the top nightclubs in Detroit. Mm. Back then they had a few. Yes. They had the Elmwood Casino across the river in Canada. Uh-huh. And you get people like like uh, the f- the four freshmen mm. or, you know, Patty Page or mm. or Sammy Davis Jr. Wow. And wow. I'll tell you about that. Yeah. And then you had the Flame Show Bar. You would get somebody like Della Reese mm. and, you know, stuff like that. So there's a so, lot, lot going, a lot of traffic. Oh, yeah. So any, like and there were a lot of, there were a few clubs in Detroit mm. at that time. Mm-hmm. And they were happening clubs. So anyway, uh, um, I entered the contest. Mm-hmm. I won. And the the day that I won, Sammy Davis was the guest star on the show. And so we took a picture together. It's a black and white photo. Eight by ten, I still have it. All right. And I was 13. Mm, mm, I mm. was 13 in the picture. And Mm, you could mm, see mm, I was mm. taller than Sammy. (laughs) 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 So, so, and then six months later, they called me back to enter the contest, to do it again. I entered the contest again, and I won again. Wow. So then I really start feeling okay, good about I myself. Know that's right. <laughs> so then um, the at the uh, Ted Mack Amateur Hour that emanated from New York City mm-hmm. was the big talent televised talent show. Let, I'll put it this way: Ted Mack Amateur Hours the was the let's say like if you were like if you were doing American Idol today, mm-hmm. or, or Star Search, or Star or Search, like, mm-hmm. or The Voice, yes. or you know, mm-hmm. it was the premium premier you know talent show in america to be on so they were come we heard that they were coming through detroit holding auditions mm-hmm. and my mother took me down to audition mm. and they picked me mm. and they flew my mother and i in to new york put us up at a sheraton hotel okay i mean it was nice they flew you first class and everything <laughs> wow. and by this time i was like 14 mm-hmm. maybe maybe mm-hmm. almost going on 15 mm-hmm. and I won second place, mm. and I was up and against. Was this nationwide? Oh, nation! Oh, of course, n- uh, n- nationwide. Okay. And so um, I was up against a guy that was an Italian tenor, and this was his third win. I think he had more relatives yeah. than me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> more friends. <laughs> and I think you had to write in, send a po- back then, write in, send a postcard or something like that. Yeah. You know, and that gave me even more. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oomph and go. Yeah. And as a result of do, doing Ted Mack and coming in second, I was amazed because I got a write-up in Jet Magazine, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. my first write-up. Uh-oh. And I said, I was, a, I said, how did they know about me? I didn't even win first place, and they're writing about, and it was like a two or three-page mm-hmm. write-up. You in know, Jet. a lot of times on these shows, it's not about the winner, because there's so many people. It, it's political sometimes too. You well, know you know, that, back you then, know. Jet was was a being a black black magazine. Mm-hmm. I mean, internationally as well. Mm-hmm. It was the magazine oh, yeah. for black yes. folks. Jet and Ebony. And they, what they did was, <laughs> see, if, if it wasn't for Jet, we would hardly know what black people were doing.
Hi, this is Leo DJ Angel, and you are listening to the underground experience of Uncle Earl. Uh, singers of today, sometimes I guess they they feel as though because the the morality uh, the the morality status today is is much looser than it was back in the day when I came along. Uh, there was there was much more of a prudish attitude about sexuality when I came along so I was considered a little daring myself back in those days because uh, I wanted to show my my I wanted to show what I had I wanted to show what I had I wanted to show that I was that I was sexy and beautiful and I could sing as well and um, the singers of today they I think because women are ex- much much more exploited than they were back then uh, and it makes it hard for especially if, if a girl has certain morals and uh, and doesn't feel quite quite right about doing certain things uh, you know pertaining to you know what men might might want them to do I, I just have to it goes back to if you have talent if you're really good this is for the for the performers out there if you have talent and you know you you know you're good not that you yourself think you're good but other people have told you you're good and you know you've got something because sometimes you, as you know we watch American Idol and and some of these some of these shows uh, X Factor and you see some of these performers these singers during the during the audition process they show you the ones who are absolutely ridiculous who are, how no you wonder how in the world did they even get on the stage let alone perform uh, if you know you're really good and I mean, other people have told you you're good, because sometimes the being being good might be delusional, might be in your head. Okay, and and so I'm the kind of person when I came along, I just have to say because I was so shy and withdrawn, other people told me I was good. I didn't tell myself I was good. I didn't even know I was good. I didn't even know I could sing until I was 12 years old. And my piano teacher said, Frida, you have a lovely voice. And other people start telling me. Frida, you should pursue this as a profe- to be a professional, and I did. So that's when I did it. I didn't tell myself, "Oh, I want to be a star because I can wear, I can drive, you know, Cadillac cars right. and wear mink coats and right. drink champagne." No, mm-hmm. no, 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 mm-hmm. no. I was told that I was good and that I should pursue the career. Mm. You know, you're good like that. Then you don't have to do stoop down, spread your legs for anybody. Because if a person is really interested in doing something for you on the positive, they're going to do it anyway. Regardless. Mm-hmm. And regardless. And you're only going to cheapen yourself and you're going to open yourself up to being screwed, not only physically, mm. but in business mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. they think if you're that loose, then you they can do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll just pass you know, you If anything, you should like let people know how smart you are. Mm. Not how, how vulnerable you are. Mm. Uh, the first thing they think is that well, they like they can just get away with anything with you. So, um, this is a message, especially to the women, and mm. I guess to the guys too. Hmm. Yeah, it works go. both ways, <laughs> you know. Uh, if you, and, you know, and people in the long run, they'll have more respect for you. Mm-hmm. They'll look up to you instead of looking down to you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Now, if you just so happen to like have that love bug, if a person <laughs> is is appealing and. You know, maybe that's another situation, yes, but be a choice. I have to say that sometimes you have to d- have make that decision and um, and know when it's business, it's business. Pleasure is one thing. You don't, sh- you know, mm-hmm. you know, S-H-I-T yeah. where you eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. Right. Well, that's another mouthful. Wow. Let's take another little break on that one, y'all. Y'all need to <laughs> suck on that bone for a minute. Especially, especially <laughs> that mouthful. Okay, then. <laughs>
still hey underground dwellers. How you doing? You still hanging there? You still vibing? You still riding away? Feeling the experience? I'm loving it today. I'm still here with the wonderfully talented Frida Payne, and she's taking me on a journey, and I hope you've gone as well, and you might need your notepads if you haven't gotten one already, because she's giving out some precious jewels. And um, let's, let's jump into your musical history a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know Band of Gold was a major hit. And you had Bring the Boys Home. Mm-hmm. That was I a mean, gold record, two yes, gold records. Yes, yes. Yeah. Can you give us a little chronological history on your hits? <laughs> yeah, well, basically, <laughs> that's so much my hits. But uh-huh. like I said before in our in our talk, we did, I, my first record deal was on ABC Paramount, mm-hmm. and that was in the 60s. And then I had another record deal on MGM Records, uh, and that was like night in the 60s as well. And mm-hmm. then I signed with Invictus Records. And that was a label that was established by um, uh, Eddie Holland of Holland, Dozier, and Holland. Yes. Holland, Dozier, and Holland, they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And they were Motown's biggest, one of Motown's biggest hit makers. Because yeah. Motown right produced a lot of hit makers. Yes, they did. And uh, they were the ones that were responsible for the, uh, the bulk of most of the Supreme hits, yes. the Four Tops, mm-hmm. all of their major hits mm-hmm. was Holland Do- written and produced by Holland Dozier and Holland. Yes. And some of Martha Reeves. And they left the company back in 1968. Motown, mm. and they were they were in a big lawsuit. They sued Motown. Motown sued them back. Mm. And but then 1969, they formed their own label in Detroit, and it was called Invictus. Mm. And they signed me in 1969. I I uh, came out with Band of Gold in 1970. It was a got to went to number one. It was a, mm. a huge huge yes, hit. Yes. Gold record. And then the following year, I had Bring the Boys Home. Mm-hmm. That that was a gold record. Mm-hmm. Well, I was able to kind of sustain on that for like another, uh, let's say, 10 to 12 years until until um, I started to realize I had to do something else, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And then I started to get into um, music. I used to do I did musicals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I um, I did Duke Ellington, Sophisticated Ladies. And the first company I've done about seven or eight companies. And the first company I did was in Las Vegas, yeah. the Las Vegas we company. We did that together. Yeah, and that's when, <laughs> Lacey, that's when I first got yes. to, you know. That's when we first worked together. Yeah, got to, yeah, yeah we worked together at yeah. the Thunderbird Hotel. Or, no, no, it the was Desert the Desert Inn. Inn. The de- it was not the there Desert anymore. Inn. I know, which is not there anymore. Isn't and that was something? one of the wonderful, great hotels yes, it was. in Las Vegas yes. with the golf course and the country mm-hmm. club and all that. <laughs> And uh, we performed there for yes. like a year, yes. just about almost a year. Yes, yes. And uh, that was starring. That was I was starring in uh, Paula Nicholas. Kelly and and the great mm. legendary Harold yes. Nicholas of the Nicholas yes. Brothers. And that man jumped into those things oh, every night. God, and he was Two like in his sixties. Yeah, <laughs> he was in his sixties doing that. <laughs> Like, whoa. God bless him. He and, and yes. his brother Fayard, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, mm-hmm. okay. Then after that, I also did. Um, uh, that was in eighty. That was in eighty two. And then I did another company of uh, sophisticated ladies in eighty five, which mm-hmm. was a national, like a tour, national touring company. Mm-hmm. And then I did uh, Ain't Misbehaving mm-hmm. uh, back east with Della Reese mm-hmm. and Linda Hopkins, Ooh. Ted Ross and Lonnie McNeil. Oh my goodness. And then I did, uh, after that... I was going to say, that's like royalty right there. That was the royal cast. Oh, wow, royal. yeah. I mean, you can't... Yeah. That's the cream. I know, the, the creme de la creme right there. Mm-hmm. And and then that was in the 80s. And then after that, I did, um, let's see, the blue... I might be skipping something. The Blues in the Night mm. uh, with Sheldon Epps. Yes, yes. And I've done Blues in the Night, I don't know how, about six or seven <laughs> times, different companies, one in Japan... <laughs> Uh, uh, the Seattle Rep, uh, Pasadena Playhouse, mm. uh, Mount Gretna, different places, uh, Blues in the Night, mm. and oh, San Francisco most recently, back in 2007, oh, San Francisco. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, with Carol nice. Woods. Oh, wow. And Paulette Ivory. Okay. And Maurice Hines. Oh, boy. Yeah, that company, we did that uh, uh, Blues in the Night in 2000 the, the fall of 2007 mm. and it was uh, Maurice played the, the um, jazz man mm-hmm. and 
and I was the one of the world, mm-hmm. and Carol Woods was the blues lady, yes. and Paulette Ivory. She's from the UK. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. she was the young girl, the yes. ingenue. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a magnificent company I'm right sure there. I'm sure that was. I'm and sure then I that. did, uh, let's see, what else? I'm trying to think now. What have I done? Um, Jelly's Last Jam. Jelly. I did Jelly's Last Jam here in L.A. <sighs> at the Mark Taper. It was the world debut of Jelly's Last Jam, George C. Wolf. Yes, with Gregory Hines. With Gregory. Well, actually, with uh, and Mark, Mark, it was Oba Baba Tundi who played Oba, Jelly. Oba. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but Keith yes. David played the Chimney Man. Yeah. And then he went on to Broadway yes, and he, played, yes, he, yes. Re, he did his role, yes, The Chimney yes, Man. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And then Gregory came back. Because mm-hmm. I think Gregory started out uh, doing, he was in the workshop. The workshops. Okay. So, then, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, that was a, a, a Jelly's Last Jam. That was great. Mm. And then, um, like I said, I've done about seven or eight companies of sophisticated ladies. About mm-hmm. the same thing, about seven or eight companies. Yeah, we even went to night. Norway together. Oh, yeah, Remember? Norway <laughs> was one of them, right. <laughs> Norway and then Italy. Yes. I did Italy uh-huh. and Norway uh-huh. and. Like I said, yes. all these, you know. That's my, been a lifeline. It's been a lifeline. Duke Ellington was good to us. Oh, huh? I, I, hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen, when you reach a certain age, your pension your pension <laughs> check will re- reflect that. Okay. And you will smile. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> yes, we didn't know how good we had it back in the day. I know. We were like complaining. Are they taking 2.5% of equity out of right. my pay? Right. Well, just wait. Okay. Just wait. You'll get it all back. <laughs> you And you've done film work as well. Oh, yeah, I did some film work. You know? I did um, Book of Numbers mm. back in the 70s, and and I've done other little f- other things. Um, uh, I did an Eddie Murphy movie, the Nutty Professor, The Clumps, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, I did a, I've, I've done a few other, a few movies. Yeah, 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 and television as well. Oh, yeah, a lot You're of t- all some over. TV. Yeah. Coverage, lots of coverage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you the this. Tonight Show and all. Yeah, you know, you've done all Jay the talk Leno shows. and all that stuff. Out of all of this that's been going on in your career, is there one major thing that sticks out or stands out in your memory as a good thing? That one of the great moments 
I know you have many. <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> and right now, it's kind of hard for me to think about mm. the great moments. Oh, oh, one of them was singing in the, um, being invited to sing on We Are the World, mm. which was just not that long ago, about mm-hmm. two years ago or mm. three years ago now. Uh, at the A&M Jim Henson Studios, uh, Quincy Jones. This was the the remake of we, you know the, mm-hmm. the second for Haiti. Yes. And yes. I was and I was standing there, at, like on these risers, yes. like a chorus. And every the biggest stars in the music business, they were in the room standing there. And on my right, my shoulder was touching Barbara Streisand. Oh, man. And on my left, my shoulder was touching, uh, what's that girl Hoffman? The um, Julianne Hoffman, yes. and and to right in front of me, and I and I pulled his little, and I touched his hand, and <laughs> and, and and said, "Hey, it was uh, Will I Am?" Oh wow! You know, wow. and then and then Jamie Foxx was like, I could touch his head. I mean, oh, he was wow. standing there right in front of wow. me, and then and every and LL Cool J was there, mm-hmm. and when I got to meet him, and and he, and I got to meet him, and then I said, "Wow!" I said, "I didn't know you were that big," <laughs> you know, and I started punching him in the stomach. I said, "Damn, you got you some, you got some tight abs." <laughs> and then Vince Vaughn, you know, uh, the actor, yeah. you know, he came down and shook my hand. Uh-huh. I, it was just, it was just like really nice. Wow. That was, a, I mean, it was a, a performing moment. I've had other great performing moments. Oh, I know one of them is. Uh, aha moment was this was at the city center in New York mm-hmm. and this was in the 90s I believe I, around I can't pinpoint about 97 mm-hmm. and I did a I this was with my dear friend David Guest uh, he had put on one of his big shows in New York mm-hmm. and uh, he got me to sing a duet from Porgy and Bess with Al Jarreau <sighs> wow and that and oh, that yeah. was with a 40 with a a 45-piece orchestra. And then another moment was in London where I sang a duet with Joe Williams. Mm. And that Mm. was with a big, big orchestra as well. And we did the very thought of you together. And so I got a chance to sing Mm. with two Mm. greats. Mm. And also Mm. I've got a chance to do duet with Michael McDonald Mm. uh, on my (laughs) own. You know, yes. and that, and these opportunities were uh, when I was on David Guest shows. Wow. You know, like I said, we can go on and on. You are like a treasure chest of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I love you. And, you know, it's harder. You know, as you get older, it's harder because, you know, nightclubs are closed. You know, venues are closing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a, different, it's a different thing. It's a whole other thing. It's a different thing. They've introduced that pay-to-play thing that's, you know, not enticing to, yeah. you know, positivity yeah. and right. <laughs> creativity. It's yeah. Shoot. It's like uh, it's like yeah. cutting it, cutting everything down to the bone. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel, you know... That's just the way our economy is going. I mean, it's not just here in the U.S. This is a worldwide thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as you watch the, uh, you know, the, the stock market and what's going on in Europe yes. with the dollar oh, and yeah. the euro and, and, yeah. and, and look at Greece. And yeah, and even Japan. And, and, and in Japan, what's happened to them, so many horrific things going on around the world. It's not just us now anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really reflective of what's going on yeah. around the world. It's a collective. It's a collective thing. Yeah. So it's almost like just got to buckle down and... <laughs> And uh, use your brain yes, and and, be uh, smart. and stay and stay spiritual and mm. and um, and don't give into don't give into to abusive substances or mm. uh, or drugs. You might you know I know some people do it as an escape because mm-hmm. because it just makes them feel better, but right. it doesn't go anywhere. Right. You know, right. and and the end and after a while your body will. Will uh, turn on you. It will turn on you, tell on you, you and, know, and tell let on you me. go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. So uh, you, you got to kind of like almost be more spiritual in this world yes. today, so so that you can you you um, you, you know how to treat yourself better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. others and others as well mm-hmm. and others mm-hmm. as well. Well, well, like I said, I thank you for taking this time with me. I know we can we can do a whole series on you. And I'd like to just say that also to add it, that onto yeah. it, now that I've talked about my uh, recording and all like uh-huh. that, 
Um, I've just I just completed doing a new CD, mm. and because I haven't had a genuine record deal since let's say 2000, mm. and uh, okay. this is going to be on a label called Mac Avenue, which is a jazz label. Mm. And uh, they prim- primarily primarily sign jazz musicians. So you're going back to your roots. And I'm going back to my roots. And we just recorded it in the um, the Capitol Records studio, Studio A at Capitol Records. Wow. And I've, it's going to some of the songs are with string, a full string orchestra, oh. and some of the songs have big band. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing some six originals, and the rest are songs that are either standards or songs that have been done before and jazz standards. Thank you for keeping real music alive. Yeah. Thank you. And you I am very it. proud. It's not probably not going to get out be out until almost uh, the latter part of the year mm-hmm. or maybe the beginning of next year, but right. it's something to look forward to. Great, great. I can't wait. Woo. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking this time with me. And I know you're busy. you got your schedules going on. But um, how can people find you? Well... <laughs> uh, I have a web. I have a website, freetopain.com. Mm-hmm. I have a website and do Twitter as well. I don't do Twitter, Twitter don't but do I may have to break down and do it. <laughs> it's the wave. But uh, <laughs> but what do you do on Twitter? I mean, what do you just talk about? Like you went to the store. They uh, do that. Or like, oh, oh I'm have going a to I'm ham going, sandwich right now. Oh, I'm having a sandwich right now. Or, <laughs> oh, I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to see a, a movie tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want people I knowing everything I'm doing. <laughs> get ready to pick my nose. <laughs> other than other than if it was something important, yes. like about, like I'm talking about my new recording, yes. or I yes. just it'd be nice to say, oh, I just came out of Capitol Records, mm-hmm. the Tower, yeah. and I had a great session today. Mm-hmm. You know, just a you know a few minutes yes. ago and. I'm so excited. Yes. I feel so good about it. Well, you know, they can find out enough. If they Google you, pages will fly everywhere. Yeah, or yeah. Facebook. <laughs> I mean, people like yeah. hit me up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> I don't attend to it that much. But, I mean, I have like uh, thousands of thing, hits up on Facebook. Of thousands. Of and, course. And I just have to be more aware of it and it's it's too overwhelming it's too yeah, much it's a lot of things to it's like it's like keep too life much going on and brush your teeth and cook the dinner and yeah keep your clothes clean but <laughs> in, in the meantime I, I would say my website yeah. or um don't want to give out my personal email because oh, then i'd not. be really okay. flooded yes all righty then well thank you for this information in this time and you know there'll be more we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we see each other quite often oh and lately, for anybody especially. anybody if anybody wants to book me or something ah. my agent is Jackie Stander mm-hmm. and she's located in Van Nuys here in California and their number is 818-905-7000 that's 818-905-7000 if you have interest in um uh booking me or or uh, having me appear somewhere mm-hmm. and do it ladies and gentlemen because she is busy and she books up quickly <laughs> so get in line well thank you very much miss frida Payne. thank you lacy all right and we will uncle be earl, uncle earl. <laughs> and uh god bless you onward up with soldiers thank you
experience that. 